Doctor, hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Saladcast for this season with myself, Glenn Price, and Ollie Warner, who's currently sunning himself on, uh, you know, not the English Riviera, is it, because you're down in Cornwall, but somewhere very nice that is not uh, Shrewsbury having to contemplate what's gone on this week, Ollie. Yeah, so yeah, I've come away. I've come away on Saturday, and rather naively, I thought I'd be able to get here after like, you know, four or five hours in the car, and then maybe watch <laughs> a bit of a game, and then yeah, go out and go for a walk or something, but yeah. Obviously, got stuck at Bristol and got stuck all the way, and torrential rain. You can, yeah, everything you can imagine. But yeah, got a beer as I'm not working tomorrow, so a beer oh. will be company on this podcast, and I probably need it because, yeah, watch the game. But I listen to it on iFollow, and um, yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty demoralising place to be at the moment as a as a Shrewsbury Town fan. It is, isn't it? You think back to when Cottrell first came in and all of the sort of glorious revolution and all those wins. It seems like such a long time ago. And we've obviously got, you know, we're obviously going to have to address Cottrell and what's been happening at the start of the season as we did a little bit last week. But um, I think, Ollie, to be honest, there's some people who probably would have said that sitting in the car for five hours on the M5 on Saturday was probably preferable to seeing us get smashed 3 0. So um, maybe we picked the right to, game to miss, to be honest with you. But um, obviously, we've not just got that game to talk about, have we? We've obviously got a, a better performance, but a disappointing result at Portsmouth to talk about as well so um, you know I think we look back at our predictions last week we weren't overly positive you had us to win one game I had us to only get a point and we both were wrong and yeah we come out of it with nothing this week which is which is a huge disappointment isn't it really it is shocking isn't it to be four games in no goal <laughs> seven conceded it's 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 really poor and and quite rightly the fans are now looking at you know kind of the, the build-up to this um, you know what has caused it um, and quite rightly the manager's getting a lot of lot of criticism so yeah, we need a result. Um, it's not about performances. Um, it's just about getting that result. We need to get some points. And yeah, it, there's a lot of pressure building on the club at the moment. And um, we'd obviously be interested to get your views, what the fans' kind of reaction was at the end of the game. Glenn, obviously, I didn't see that. I saw saw both games. But yeah, I guess let's start with the Pompey game. Let's try and get through that. Let's, then let's talk about the game on Saturday against Plymouth. Um, and then let's talk about some of the themes that are going around at the moment because there's a lot going on and also some other topics we need to cover as well. Certainly, yeah. We will leave that till after the games. But yeah, let's let's talk about an improved performance but the same same old result, Lee. Portsmouth away. Collins checks, opening up for Collins here. Collins goes for goal! What a goal that is! For James Collins! Oh, what a goal! Really as good as the one we've just seen at the other end! So, Pompey 1, Shrewsbury Town 0. Um, Tony Cliff scored after three minutes, um, which was enough to settle the game. Yeah, um... Good attendance, obviously, with Pompey. Um, yeah, 14,400. A um, few hundred ta- Shooter Town fans who made the, the hardy trip to Portsmouth on a Tuesday night, so fair play to them. Um, yeah, Shooter Town started in a, th- a 3 4 1 2 formation, but don't know, is it about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, England? We changed to a 4 4 2, so <laughs> let's describe the team in that formation. So yeah. it's a bit of a mishmash, just to be honest. Um, you've got um, Morosi, who's a goalkeeper. That's a good start. Um, so you've got Josh Daniels, who's a winger at right back. <laughs> Pennington, a central defender, and as uh, playing in central defence, and the same for Pierre. Nurse playing left back, that's fine. Um, Leahy, who's a left back, um, playing um, left wing. Vela in his right place. Bennett, who has played in most places, he just hasn't played in goal yet, um, in central field. <laughs> or up um, front. Blocks him on the right wing, and he's not a right winger. And then a Doe and Crossgrove um, in, their, in their right place. So... Yeah, obviously we are. We have, as we keep saying, we have seven strikers, four goalkeepers, and two midfielders. Yeah, we've got a bit. The mid- midfield here only really has one player playing their natural place across the foreground. It's it's not ideal, is it? Not ideal. No. When the team sheet came out, we obviously didn't know we were going to revert to that that um that that four four two that we ended up playing for most of the game. You know, I looked at that lineup and thought, all right, who's who's going to be in the number ten? And um, you know, which which of the forwards is going to drop back? Because presumably one of them will have to. And you know, where's Bloxham going to play? Because you'd assumed he was going to be playing up front at that time. And so you know, I was thinking maybe Doe behind Cosgrove and Bloxham. But you know, it it kind of started off like that a little bit at times, didn't it? It wasn't really clear who was playing where. I think Bloxham kind of had a run in the ten for about five minutes, but. I think they had to change it, didn't they? Obviously, we conceded straight away, didn't we? Let's let's get on with that. You know, three minutes in, um, you know, Vela couldn't clear the ball, caught, got got napping, didn't he? Defense were very slow to that sort of second ball, and bang, goal before you know it, three minutes in, and we we just keep going behind in games, don't we? That's that's a theme, you know. And a game we'll cover at, at Plymouth as well, but we have played five games a season and gone behind in every single one of them. Obviously, we've lost all of them, so logically we would. But giving teams head starts is something that we just can't stop doing either at the moment, is it? No, it was poor. We so yeah, in terms of the formation, the first fifteen minutes, we just gave them a load of space. They've clearly worked on it. They were pulling us all over the place, creating space. So yeah, changing to, to a a four four two worked. To be fair, it did it did stop them having all that kind of yeah. that space. 
but the goal we conceded was really poor. Um, so Tunnicliffe wins the ball, fair play. It was a really good tackle. Mm. Nice passive move from Pompey. Um, Vela slides in, doesn't win the ball. Too much space. There's a gap between Daniels and Pennington. I'm not re- I've watched it back a few times. I'm not exactly quite sure who, who to blame, um, but probably maybe both of them, maybe Pennington. Yeah. Um, we're all over the place. Um, loads of time for him. Back of the net, 3-0. Uh, sorry, 3-0. Three minutes in and we're 1-0 down. <laughs> uh, terrible start to the game. Yeah, it wasn't great, was it? And it looked even worse in that pink kit, I have to say. Um, but um, no, it, it wasn't brilliant. And just a mountain to climb. And, and it, it felt pretty bad, didn't it? Because their crowd was right, right, right keyed up for the game, weren't they? It was a really good atmosphere in there. You know, they sort of, I think they had their lowest crowd for ages at Fratton Park in the first game they had at home. And I think they'd been a big kind of let's bring in as many Portsmouth fans as we can, really get a good atmosphere going. And it was quite an intimidating place to play, I think. But. Um, Obviously, we, we had to try and get back in it, and, and we did start to play a bit better once we went four four two, didn't we? We started to have a few chances, um, and yeah, even after the goal, you know, there was a little bit of a, a nice build up play from Cosgrove, and then um, Bennett had a shot pretty much straight away that, um, yeah, forced a save, um, but uh, Daniels couldn't sort of force in the rebound on the right hand side, could he? And you know, we we did sort of react, I suppose. That is one thing we haven't done in many games this season. We did start to play a little bit better. Um, still, lots of little issues as we went through that first half, but um, you could tell that they they thought, right, we've gone behind again here. We need to do something about this yeah the players seem quite calm don't they, in this game yeah there doesn't seem to be any crazy interaction to going behind going goal behind against Portland you know who, who are a large club in this division and Decent, some good yeah. players it's not a huge surprise um but yeah but it's it's just yeah obviously we've conceded you know seven goals in four games we're not going to say we're you know we're not you know we're not really tight at the back but we seem to be not too bad at kind of moving the ball around getting the ball forward in transition but then when we get into the final third, we're just poor. Mm. Whether it's free kicks being overhit or eight minutes in, we have a really nice bit of build-up play from the doe. It passes to Cosgrove, passes to Boxham, who's too slow to get the ball from under his feet and gets tackled. And that's just one of many examples um, over the course of the season, really, where just, we just, I don't know whether it's like confusion. There's not like, there doesn't seem to be any rhythm to our play, does there, Glenn? God, I mean, how many years have we been talking about having no composure as, a, as you know, finishes? Whether it's Cosgrove playing his first game against Portsmouth, you know, Doe we've seen a hundred times, you know, Bloxham as a young lad, you can maybe forgive him for a lack of composure. Um, but even, you know, the strikers we had last season and the season before that, no one's really just been able to take half good chances that we create, and we don't create a huge amount of them during games, and, and just put the ball in the back of the net, you know. Whether Bowman's going to be the man to come in and do that once he gets back fit again, who knows? Hopefully he is. But yeah, you're right. You know, just things like that on that that eight minute chance. You know, and there was a few more as we went through that half, particularly against Portsmouth when we did create quite a lot of chances. Just just no composure, Ollie. And um, yeah, that that wasn't great. And then as that half went on, two things I noticed, Ollie. One, we we clearly hadn't worked on the offside trap. Um, you know how to beat that this week because we just kept being offside time and time again, which was a bit frustrating because as much as we had some nice play in midfield, it would just break down, wouldn't it, quite quickly on the edge of the box when we got caught offside. Um, and a- after that, really, I think that um, it kind of it, it, we kept playing all right in that half, but we just I don't know kept shooting ourselves in the foot a little bit, didn't we? Yeah, we do. We just we're our own kind of worst enemy. I think we get worse yeah. in the Plymouth game. Um, it's really weird. There's going to be some parallels, I think, to last season under Ricketts in terms mm, of things we're going to talk about, particularly in the Plymouth game. Um, but yeah, I think we kind of go. We try. You know, we try and go direct. We go four four two. We try and play it direct. Try and put the ball in the channels. Um, but we just never win the second ball. We're too slow. Um, and then Pompey started. I'd say quite cynically but you know we, we are going to be whinging a lot because let's be honest we've lost four games <laughs> and opposition teams are taking the lead and wasting time and, and Pompey did a lot of tactical fouls I thought that kind of broke up play um, but when we did get the ball yeah there's a good example here good cross from Bloxham a diving run um, a, a good driving run from Daniels defender clears it ahead of a doe and then we just it just nothing really comes from it we, we, you know we do something good a really good run from Daniels decent cross but there's no one there so is it a good cross because there's no one there is there no one making that run um yeah we just we just seem so disconnected at the moment it's it's very mm. frustrating to watch well that's a fair point we would we probably would have come to this in the Plymouth game but I'll ask you the question on you know Cottrell made a, a point after the Plymouth game in his post-match to say we put 28 crosses in today and I believe we had a fairly high amount of crosses um, against Portsmouth as well and you know what's your, what's your view at the moment there's a, there's two schools of thought isn't there there's the the strikers aren't doing enough to get on the end of some reasonably good crosses 
at all. There's the school of thought, which is, yeah, we're putting a lot of crosses in, but they're very weak and being cleared quite easily by defenders because they aren't really in the right zone. There might be the occasional one. I mean, where where do you place the blame on why we're not sort of doing better with crosses when we put quite a lot in over the last two games? Yeah, I think it's probably, yeah, the truth is often in the middle, isn't it? A bit, a bit of both. Mm. Um, you know, if you cross the ball and there's no one there, then you're a bit of a plonker. Um, but if you're crossing the ball <laughs> to make for expecting someone to make a run, then you'd criticise the striker. It's almost that like you need to take each cross on its merits, you know what I mean, in terms of the situation. There's, there's times in both games where we crossed the ball and there was never, ever going to be anyone there. No. And then there's times when we cross the ball and it's quite close. Um, but it's it just all seems a bit rushed. It seems a bit basic, doesn't it? It's like, you know, you've gone to the most basic football instruction, just get the ball and get the ball in the box. Um, and yeah, maybe that will work. But one thing I will say, we have been unlucky to not have scored a goal with the number of chances in a time we've got in the box. I think we have been a little bit unlucky. People might say that's naive, but I think we have been a bit unlucky. You know, how many shots we've had wide, how many times we've had shots blocked. Um, mm. you know, like, there's, a, there's a chance in this game where we're, we're a bit unlucky. I think we're a bit unlucky not to have scored one goal, Glenn. I'm not saying we should have won any of the games. No, um, I I'm just so. saying, I think we, you know, we're a bit unlucky not to have scored one single goal. Well, we're currently on seven shots on target in four games, which is incredibly low as an yeah. average. So that's where that problem boils down to more. Um, you know, cause yeah. even in that first half we're talking about now, blocks have had that chance where he sort of swivel turned and put it just wide, and it's a decent effort. And he's it doesn't offside. go down as a shot on target, but he was offside. Yeah, exactly. So he's kind of <laughs> so frustrating. But um, yeah, I mean, the yeah. half came to an end, didn't it? Pennington made a really, really good block. Um, um, he, he was he had quite a battle, didn't he, in the game? He ended up getting you know smashed later on and got got a, a cut on his head and blood pouring down his face. So you can't you can't deny. They tried quite hard. They battled quite hard in that first half, but um, just a, a massive lack of composure. And I think going back to that crossing point, because I think we'll, we, we, we'll revisit it. But you know, when I think about it, if that's what Cottrell's saying we're trying to do at the moment, you know, that's his thoughts: quick transitions and then get it wide and put it in the box. That's literally what he said after his press conference. He's got to just get rid of a doe. You know, he's not a big target. He's he's not really a natural finisher. If you're going to do that, you might as well play. Um, you might as well play Pike and bloody Cosgrove up front. At least they're high and or, or tall. Cosgrove and, and head... blocks them up front. Yeah, sorry, blocks them. Yeah, there's another point. God, I said let's play Pike. What's happened to me already this season? Um, but yeah, it's it's it doesn't make any sense to keep playing Odo if you're trying to do that. So I don't don't quite get that one. Yeah, unless unless he's there to kind of get the scraps. But yeah, it's, he's never it's done not that, a deal. <laughs> no, he, he did it once. <laughs> he did once on once. Tuesday against Lincoln. I know, I know. I totally agree, Glenn. I'm trying to find it again, as I said to you last week. You know, we've got to try and have some positives and hold on to those. Otherwise, yeah, we've been in a very, very dark place, which I think a lot of fans are at the moment, actually. There's yeah. a lot of questions, um, which is so boring because, yeah, the life of this podcast, we've talked about final third, block shots, not taking our chances, being poor in the final third. Um, and questioning off the pitch stuff all too often. Mm-hmm. It'd just mm-hmm. nice if we could have a. We had obviously the Hurst season, but yeah, yeah it all, all seems so so too rare. But yeah, half time in this one, Glenn. Um, <laughs> Back to Radio Shropshire music, Ollie. Yeah, well, actually, I listened to BBC Solo. It was oh, you did. Really, really good, to be fair. I don't, I don't want to be too hard on Nick Southall, but his overly positive attitude started to piss me off as the halves went on. It, like at half time, he was like, "Brilliant, really good, really good half from Shrewsbury." I'm like, "Mate, we're losing one nil, and we haven't won a game this season." I'm not in the mood for this shit. So um, I'm sure he's a, he's a good commentator, but you got around my nerves on Saturday, on Tuesday. So um, yes, I, I I had to listen to the stupid songs on Radio Shropshire again. But there yeah, we go. It sounded it, like they it, were coming from Soviet Russia, didn't they? So I just I wasn't <laughs> having that. I um, and the thing is, I also raced home from London for this one. Got You're, home. Um, yeah, I got home in just in time to watch the game. Um, well, actually, sorry, 10 minutes or so. Ordered a curry um, and then, yeah, I managed to get it on the carpet. So that kind of summed up my evening. <laughs> oh, dear. The metaphor, metaphors there are quite stark, Ollie. But yeah. um, there we go. Second half, you're right. You know, we did come back out again. Started with some energy, yeah, didn't we? we? Did. Tried, to, tried to get out of them, obviously. Cottrell was probably saying, look, lads, this is this is where we've got to start to turn this around. You know, we can't can't keep not winning games at the start of the season. And, um, you know, again, couldn't really fault the work rate uh, all that much. Um, but, yeah, I think there was a moment later on when Bloxham went off. I think up until Bloxham went off, we were OK. I think after that, we totally faded out of the game. Not just because Bloxham went off. And I know we had an argument about this earlier in the week. I just think that was maybe the marker and where things changed. But up until that, which I think was maybe 62, it was it was decent enough. And that was maybe where yeah, I'd say we you were right, efforts. you know. Yeah, yeah. I think I think at the time, I think there's two things, and I haven't spoken to you about this one specific point. But yeah, me and you were discussing what happened. I watched this game back, um, not like you know, full intention to be honest, but kind of half watching it. But I'm particularly interested in this bit of the game. Pike came on for about 
less than two minutes. And then we mm. lost six minutes of injury time to the head injury. Um, and then we yep. kind of did lose our way. Now, Bloxham's an interesting one. You know, he's clearly a young lad. He's clearly got a lot of talent. You know, we're really excited about him. But you don't play your 17-year-old 6'5 striker. He doesn't scream right wing, does it? <laughs> no. We did it twice no. this week. I did look at some of his I did look at some of his his data um, just for stats, just to kind of a look. And for me it felt like a bit of a a bit of a Matt Miller again, where I feel like I'm mm. kind of a, I'm I'm on one side and everyone else is on the other. I looked at his passing stats. He he did three accurate passes out of seven, which is forty three percent. Yeah. So he didn't really get the ball much, and his passing was yeah quite poor at forty percent. Where he put in that to context of Josh Daniels had fifty eight percent with um, fifteen passes, and then Luke Lee um, had twenty passes of sixty five percent. Daniels, sorry, Bloxham worked really hard. I'm not going to criticise him there. He won a lot, good number of of, of duels. He won six, four out of six. He won half of his aerial duels. So you know he worked hard and he yep. tried hard. But I'm just not quite having that he had he played really, really well because well the one it's not his position, but I think there's a little bit of unconscious bias when it comes to youth players. Mm. I think mm. naturally you're gonna think because he runs around, he's quite big as well. And I think that running around a bit, coupled with the fact he's a Shrewsbury Town player, you um youth player, you're gonna give him a big benefit of the doubt, I think. Yeah, I mean he wasn't in my top three. Um but yeah, no. I, I totally agree with you. I don't want to see him playing right wing all season. I want to see him up front. I don't think he offers anything more or less than Cosgrove has in the first two games from seeing him last season. So no. he should be knocking on the door of getting some starts still, I think, this season. And um, he has got some talent about him. You know, the, the shot and turn he had but went wide in this game was decent. And I think he is going to you know, be someone that plays a much bigger part this season than maybe we thought when we ended last year. So I'm encouraged to see him come forward. And it's, I suppose in some respects, it's good for him that Cottrell is playing him right wing, Ollie. He clearly rates him really highly. He wouldn't, wouldn't do it otherwise, would he? He'd, probably stick someone in there a bit more experience. he's playing there so, out of necessity, isn't he? He's playing them out of necessity because we've, we've played Ben in central midfield in this game. On Saturday, we played Leahy in central midfield. For me, God, God, our biggest issue we have is central midfield. So obviously yeah. before we were playing 3-4-1-2 where you need three central midfielders including a, a talented technical number 10 and we only had two central midfielders on the books and Vela and Davis and David got mm. injured before this game. So I can see why he went to two midfielders. And obviously then we signed a lad in the week. But yeah, it's you're moving players around. You get into that situation now, aren't you, where you're kind of like, you're, you're changing stuff so much now. That yeah. I'd say probably the players that are playing probably the, like, you know, almost the same position every week, or at least similar, are probably playing a little bit better than the ones that be moved around a lot. Mm. Yeah, I think it's fair. I mean, we've seen a lot of youth players come through and you know have a quick look at them in pre-season and the occasional League Cup game like James Rowland and... Um, and a few others over the years at least you know he's getting games isn't he and that's something that will be good for his career going forward and might help him down the line and might help us down the line so I suppose that is one positive to take from the game Ollie. let's let's look at that because um, we do like youth players yeah. getting yeah football, he's getting but... game time he's getting experience but he doesn't want to play there does he imagine he'll want to play a, no. a lot front won't he he will, yeah. But the rest of this game, really, I mean, yeah, after we had a couple of chances before that that big head injury, um, there was one where Cosgrove uh, laid it off to Lee, had a tame shot, um, and then Ado tried to win the ball, came to Lee here again, whose cross sort of went across the box, but that doesn't really count for anything if no one's there. And then Vela had a, a decent effort that was well saved. So, you know, those were the chances we were yeah. creating. And then you're right, 62 minutes, Pike came on, and then, yeah, 64 minutes, we had that big five minutes for um, Pennington's blood head injury. I think after that period, Ollie, um, Portsmouth went and had a chat with the manager, and for me, they they sat reasonably deep then, um, and and tried to hit us on the break, and just thought we'll see shoes out. They don't look like scoring, so um, that was it really. And and we kind of just played through the rest of the game. I can't remember. Were there any really good chances towards the end? Yeah, there was. I thought there was two. Oh, was two good chances. That Pierre header. Wow. Oh yeah, well, that one. Cross yeah. <laughs> after Marcus gave the ball away, and probably the chance of the game. An amazing safe um, from the Portsmouth keeper. Um, yeah. And then um, 82 minutes, there was an attempted block um, from a Shrewsbury Town effort. Uh, Daniel Doe, right-footed from um, from the left side of the box, is blocked. Um, that was a really good bit of play for, from Josh Vella. But after that last five minutes, they kind of they just saw the game out professionally. And if yeah. I was a Pompey fan, you'd be like, you'd proper chuffed, wouldn't you? You won 1-0, didn't really play yeah. that well. Couple, one moment of brilliance from one of the, your best players. And you just go home. you know. And it's one of those things, isn't it, where... Pompey fans won't be thinking that game, oh, no, we didn't play very well, we didn't really create many chances, we wouldn't play very well. They don't care, it's just gone. That game is erased from their memory. They won 1-0 against Shrewsbury Town, who they probably think are a bit crap. And that game will long forgotten, where obviously, at the moment, all these narratives are built up for Shrewsbury. For that one, for them, you know, if they'd lost that game, they would definitely be talking about poor performance. And I think it's best mm. to say they didn't play very well, 
but they got the result and that's all that matters and they deserve the win because they, they, yeah. they did a good job. But I don't think it was a good performance from Pompey. No. And do you, do you think you could make an argument with the chances that we had that we would we would if we'd have got that goal from Pierre at the end, it would have been a fair result? I think a draw would have been a fair result from that game, yeah. to be honest. With the yeah. chances we had. Um the chance we had that that Pierre header was brilliant. The couple of chances we had as well in throughout the game. I think we had enough. You know, Pompey didn't really create much. Didn't have didn't really threaten Morosi um, the rest of the game. I thought no. I thought a draw was actually probably fair. And again, I think we're just uh, yeah, it's that just that little bit of luck, which is really really poor to say. But you know, we had we had ten shots. We had more than them. We had twice as many on target as them. Mm. And obviously, they were at home. Um, unfortunately, we were offside five times. <laughs> they were offside <laughs> zero times. Um, oh well. And yeah, it, but um, yeah, I think we had, did. You think we had enough chances to get a point? Yeah, I mean, if we'd have got a point, I'd have probably said that was a fair result. Um, but you know, it's it's a borderline call really because. We just can't score, but yeah, I thought I thought you know maybe across the ninety minutes it was probably our best performance so far this season. You know certainly, yeah, we got two goals against Lincoln, but the ninety minutes was pretty dire at times. You know that first forty-five minutes against Lincoln was awful, but um, most of the league games have been fairly drab, if not terrible, on Saturday. So for me, I think it was our best performance this season, and I felt like you know a lot of people at the end of the game were saying, okay, well you know we're not one, but we've gone away to Portsmouth. It's a hard place. That's the stepping stone. Now we can kick on home four home games coming up. This is our time to move on, and I think maybe that attitude prevailed within a lot of fans during this week particularly on social media which is why losing 3-0 on Saturday felt a lot worse because we almost felt like we took a step forward and by the end of Saturday evening it feels like we've taken two steps back but there we go so just just to round this off really Ollie um, yeah first time we'd lost three games um, to start a season since 2004-05 so yeah it's been a while since we've been that bad and um, yeah top threes Ollie for me as I say I didn't put um, I didn't put Bloxham in my top three um, but I went for Bennett number one and Nurse number two I'm starting to think about this season because these games are a bit difficult at the moment to maybe name top threes on because we keep losing and it's a bit frustrating I'm tending to give right and left backs or right and left wing backs all my points at the moment but I thought Bennett was again solid uh, in the game you know in terms of his experience he was the one that was driving us on at the times I saw him kind of ch- chased in a few people as well which was good to see um, and I think Nurse pretty similar he's been really really consistent Nurse I think we very briefly mentioned last week but as I say I, I still think of all the signings that have come in he's been one of the most impressive ones so far Ollie. and I went for Pennington third because um, he did battle really hard he took that massive knock um, and wasn't really at fault for too much uh, in the game in terms of the goal they scored so um, yeah that, that was my top thrill yeah I thought Pennington probably was at fault for the goal but apart from that he did he did quite well yeah um, but he did do well in during the game as well obviously he had that horrible cut as well which we kind of briefly cut and moved over yeah i went mm. for nurse um number one i think it's probably about time we probably gave him some credit because he yeah, is good. probably our most consistent performer Definitely. he's got pace um he seems quite intelligent he makes lots of good sensible passes um and for me he gives me a little bit of hope that you know he's a, a player that we can build something around when I see him, Vela, Bennett, um, you know, stringing a few passes together, you go, okay, we have actually do actually have some decent players in this team, but mm-hmm. at the moment we we're just we're just very dysfunctional, which is very mm. frustrating to say. So I went for for Nurse Bennett, really struggling for third. I thought Ado did all right. He worked quite hard. He linked up a few bits, but he was feeding mm. off scraps. And he didn't really get you know given any. He didn't miss any chances. Struggling for I'm struggling for for thirds at the moment sometimes because yeah we're not having that moment of brilliance. We're not having that you know. Hugely consistent performance, uh, which is very, very frustrating. But um, yeah, uh, and then the the post match, Glenn, <sighs> yeah, was a little bit spiky. Get, it was a little bit. I'll come back to that really quickly. One thing I was going to say on nurses, I currently feel like once we bring another central midfielder in and, and Leahy's farmed back out to his normal position. I'd be hugely disappointed if Leahy selected over Nurse at the moment. I don't think that would be fair at all. So that's one I'm going to keep an eye on because I think the manager absolutely loves Leahy because he's played him everywhere so far. But Nurse does not deserve a dropping at any point when everyone's back fit. He, he should be in the team going forward. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see how that gets played out because he's obviously one of the younger players. So um, there we go. But in terms, interesting terms of one then, Glint. So interesting one then. Let's, just, let's carry on that thread. Go if on. you If we've got, you know, if we've got some more central midfielders, we've got Pierre back in left centre-back. And you've got obviously then three players, Nurse, Leahy, and a better. Which one of those three would you play at left wing back right now? Based on form, I'd play I'd play Nurse. To be honest with you, yeah, he doesn't deserve well. to be dropped. Yeah, Ogbetta has been shocking. To be honest with you, he's not a central midfielder like we talked about last week. Clearly proven again during the game we're about to cover in a minute. And I really think Leahy's not been great in the in the games he's played at left left sort of backish area. And he was terrible in midfield. To be honest with you, so um, yeah. I, I but what do I think will happen? I think he'll play Leahy. I think he he, he really really likes him. So be interesting to see what happens there because we certainly don't need three left wing backs across the bloody rest of this season. It seems now we're massively overstocked in that position and someone's always going to be annoyed every week. But I don't know. There's worse problems to have at the moment, isn't there, Ollie? 
Yeah, there's the worst problems <laughs> to have, like not having a goal or a point. Um, <laughs> or so a yeah, right in back. terms, the manager came out very, very, very bullish. Mm. He said that we were excellent. That's the verdict. I thought we were excellent tonight. He kept repeating the word excellent. Please, how te- how good the team was. I haven't got any problems with anyone. It was a huge reaction to Saturday. Keep performing on that and wins around the corner. Um, he and I think that's probably just we'll leave it there. To be honest, he was pretty rude. I thought to, to Stuart Dunn. Um, the whole press conference only lasted seven minutes, which is pretty short. Mm. I understand why he's frustrated. Um, he was asked about recruitment again, which he got quite a- animated and quite frustrated about. And yeah, I, th- I think I think let's not talk about the manager too much because otherwise we'll just end up repeating ourselves for the next game. Um, yeah, you that's fair to say. I, th- I just think it was a bit unnecessary that one comment, wasn't it, about the sort of way yeah. he snapped at Dunny? And you know, we will always mention this: no shoot down manager should ever really be in a position to get snappy with our local press because they are they are fairly soft and will give managers a lot of time. Not they soft, are but very just soft. Understanding well, they they of the manager's job. They don't ask. Yeah, well, they don't ask. They don't ask trick questions. They don't play games. He's just asking no. a very simple question. Mate, you've got two central midfielders. We've got a tiny squad. <laughs> we haven't got. We haven't got. We've got the bench had two goalkeepers and load of kids on the bench. Asking about your recruitment is a very, very fair, fair and sensible question. And if you want to get upset about that, maybe, 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 maybe football isn't for you. Because let's be honest, they're really basic questions. Yeah, and he's had worse at other clubs, I imagine. So it just seemed a bit unnecessary. But um, I'll go back on the other point about sort of saying we were excellent. Fine, if he wants to hang his hat on that performance, that's okay. He was trying to build up the confidence. But if he was trying to do that, the lads let him down on Saturday. So, um, yeah, that's it really, I suppose. Um, And, yeah, I suppose we'll get on to the next game, really. And we've got a lot of stats to go through on the next one. I skipped over stats at the start of this because it's probably worth just reflecting where we are in terms of our our slow start. But one of the things that happened between two games was we made a signing, Ollie. Um, And, yeah, let's just start with what's his name? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so we start with his name, um, and I've got my my uh, my sister-in-law, um, who's South African, to pronounce his name. So we'll play that in here. Kanya Le Shabela. So yeah, maybe maybe just keep using that clip, Glenn, so then we can actually pronounce it correctly. Um, yep. So yeah, he's a, he's a talented midfielder um, on lo- on on loan from Leicester on a season-long loan, and we were told that he's been training with Luton, and Luton were looking at um, trying to sign him, um, but the money wasn't quite right. Leicester obviously quite rating quite highly. Um, we signed him. We got him on loan. Um, I thought he came on and looked quite good, Glenn. Obviously, you've seen him in the flash. What, what was your kind of first impressions? Uh, well, just my first impressions from Saturday were when he came on, he looked lively, but it was really difficult to tell because of the struggling situation we're in. It was almost like a, all right, lad, welcome to the club. We're 3-0 down. Just uh, pop on and win this game for us. Really. It felt a little <laughs> bit harsh, but I think his, his youth record looks quite good. There's a couple of flashy videos on YouTube. Um, is he ready for men's football? We'll find out. Basically, you know, it made it made um, a very interesting point in his, his interview when he joined the club was that he's come here to play men's football. So let's not expect that he's going to hit the ground flying, maybe because he's not done it before. He's not been out on loan anywhere, so he is definitely raw and one that we're going to have to sort of nurture on a little bit, like Dan James when he first came here, I suppose. And um, obviously, hopefully, it goes better than that. And he's at least played a game for the club so far. But um, I think it's impossible to tell whether he's the answer to our problem at number ten. Um, I think I'd still maybe like a little bit more support from going forward this season. But um, I think in terms of bodies and a player in that. position, Position and, and a sort of well box to box midfielder who can also play ten a little bit like Vela. Um, I think it's great to have another central midfielder in and we can maybe stop playing other players in there who are not really suitable. Yeah, I thought he looked pretty good when he came on. Looked he looked confident in the on the ball. He looked like he trying to go forward. He was confident dribbling. He played in a few decent balls. He played in a really nice ball behind the fullback for Bennett to run on, which yeah. made me um, raise raise an eyebrow. Um, so yeah, I think um, I think Lesh Bella looks like a decent sign in. Um, and hopefully um, someone um, who's going to help us. You're right, Glenn. We can't hang our, hang our, all our hopes on a young kid on loan from Leicester on his first loan. Um, so I don't think, don't think. hopefully that's not the plan, <laughs> but we have no idea at the Probably moment. Probably is. <laughs> uh, yeah. So hopefully we need to, well, we need to clearly need to sign more midfielders, um, but hopefully he but he needs support, doesn't he? He needs, you know, yes. Vela and Bennett and, you know, another experienced central midfielder alongside him. So he's going to play that number 10 role. He needs people supporting him. He can't be the main man every week because he will be inconsistent in his performance. Yeah. Well, he's got a lot of good players to learn about, hasn't he? That's the one good thing about joining the club at the moment. You know, players like Davis, Vela and Bennett, the central midfielders, you know, there's a lot of experience there for him to, to chip into and improve his game. And as the season goes on, hopefully that improves us and helps us. So, we will have to see, won't we? But you know, that was that was the bit, a little bit of good news, wasn't it? I think on Thursday before the, uh, the the Plymouth game, and everyone was going into it a little bit more engaged. We'd had a slightly better performance. We'd signed a new player in a position we needed. wasn't wasn't the end of our troubles, and but we expected to go into this home game with a chance of, of nicking or at least getting something out of it, I suppose. Um, but it wasn't to be Ollie. So we shall move on to the Plymouth game. The situation is clear. 
That's an excellent ball in. It's Holt Heller. Shrewsbury Town have the lead. It's his 28th goal of the season. So, Shrewsbury Town nil, obviously. Um, <laughs> Plymouth, Argyle, three. Um, yeah, two goals in the first half. One in the second half was enough uh, for Plymouth um, to win the game. Yeah, this is an interesting one to get through, Glenn. Before we get onto the game, I mean, you've done some. Um, you've got your Excel spreadsheets out, and you've you've run some. St- <laughs> you've run some data. Yeah, unfortunately so. I don't usually go so stats heavy on these games unless there's you know things that are statistically notable. And unfortunately, the start to this season is now statistically um, notable, Ollie. So let's start with one thing that a lot of people are talking about now. Um, and I know we've only played four league games, but you know we've played whatever it is. 70 odd league seasons now so there's a fairly fairly big pool of, of seasons to compare it to and this is our equal worst start to any league season after four games we've made in the club's history so 21-22 under Steve Cottrell we've got no points um, from four games and a minus seven goal difference and 1973-74 under Graham Turner also no points and a, and a minus seven goal difference um, the only other time so it's only happened three times we lost the opening four games was in 82-83 where we got no points um, and we got a minus five goal difference so slightly better in terms of the fact we think we, we actually scored but of all those uh, all those seasons I believe ours is the only one we haven't scored a goal in so yeah you know equal worst uh, in terms of starts of the season so not a record I'm sure Steve Cottrell wanted and just to point out we have never in the history of the club gone the first five games of a league season without winning um, or at least getting a point even so um, to go five games all lost would be a club record um, if we if we were to do that record breakers I know I, I, well I hope he doesn't get to that but it's, it's part of me likes putting them in the spreadsheet because it's notable I can use a different colour but part of me also would absolutely hate putting it in the spreadsheet because it means we're you know gone gone 12 gone for the first five games and not got a goal so um, or a point even which would be horrendous so that's that's the worst start to the season thing you know this is this is the worst now um, but just some other comparisons really um, so that was Steve and this obviously there's a big asterisk against this one because he was in hospital for such a long time but after 37 league games for Steve Cottrell now in league one so he's been here that long now in terms of technically being our manager he's got the same points as Mickey Mellon did in League One and he's only got one more than Sam Ricketts achieved after 37 games now he was miles ahead of both of them after his start but the end to last season and the start of this season has brought him right back down to the very bottom in terms of points per game in terms of managers in League One and I can't believe we're sitting here saying that, Ollie, because we, we were doing the statistical positives, weren't we, after eight, nine games about how good it was. It's It really has changed, hasn't it, in terms of that points per game for Cottrell? Yeah, and, you know, you can you can try and defend the manager, mm. but the fact is, yes, he was in, in, in hospital and all that kind of stuff, and, yeah, he did a fantastic job when he came. He did a great job to kind of lead the club whilst he was hospital bed. Brilliant. The last few results weren't great. But I think, you know, let's just look at the start of the season. I think for me, I, I kind of almost just draw a line at last season. He did a great job. That's great. But the first five, first four games now are pretty shambolic. Um, yeah. I saw there was a, a really good tweet um, from a guy who's called Phil, who did a tweet. I'll, I'll just check his name. And he basically said that, you know, shambles in kit, shambles in, in pre-season, only playing non-league sides. Um, shambles clearly in our preparations for recruitment point of view and shambles on the pitch um, yeah. and yeah. I don't I, you know I, you know, we like to be fair we like to defend the manager uh-huh. and you know often start of the season I'm often quite positive you know I was positive about ASCII I was trying to be positive about Sam Ricketts but let's be fair to both those two managers neither of those guys had a bad start of the season that was this bad Nope, none of them did. None of them did. And, you know, we were here last year, Ollie, losing our mind about how badly we started the season. Do you remember under Ricketts? It was like awful and we were, we were pretty, you know, fr- frustrated with it after sort of five, six, seven, eight, nine games. We're already three points behind where we were this time last season after four games. So we're already digging ourselves out of a hole in terms of comparisons to recent seasons and a big hole in some recent seasons and also where we are in the league. So, you know, that, that's another comparison, really. One thing that's crept up, I suppose, on us is our, is how bad these runs have been. So we're eight league games without a win now. Nine if you include the draw um, in the League Cup. Um, so eight and nine late games without a win, really, the way, whatever way you look at it. And this was one I was staggered by, Ali. We've now only won one game in our last 13 at the at the Meadow, um, where, whether fans were there or not. I think it goes back to the start of April last year, 13 home games. Um, that was one I was surprised when I was looking at this up now, because I know our home form has been traditionally rubbish for years now. Um, but yeah, we, you know, you're trying to encourage fans back after COVID to have not won at home for so long and have, have not been great in your first two league games either. It's no surprise the crowds were down a little bit, is it? No, it's it's not it's not it's not a surprise at all. And apologies, um, the guy's name was Paul Hewitt. Um, oh, and it's yeah, a lot of people like that tweet. Um, for a, for a Shrewsbury Town fan on Twitter, you got a very very high number, um, <laughs> and yeah, a lot of fans were agreeing with him. 
Um, I saw, yeah. Um, yeah, I got Carl said 100% spot on. Um, yeah, Robin Hood, true, completely agree with this. Um, Anthony Price, completely agree with this. Mark Lynch, yes, I agree. <laughs> Every, no, no, he didn't get one, not one person disagreed with him, um, which says mm. a lot of social media that no one disagrees. Yeah, it's not good. And the last stat, this is a horrible one. And this is, there's a couple of these if we lose the next game kind of ones floating around at the moment. Obviously, never gone five without a win. But if if we lost the next game, in terms of points that a manager has gained in his first 38 games at the football club, and that some of these are League 1 and League 2, so maybe not a fair comparison. And obviously, with the asterisks, against Cottrell being in hospital. But no one will have ever done as badly um, as a manager in their first 38 games at the club in terms of points in the league since Gary Peters was here, which is bonkers to be honest with you um and 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 i i bring all this up because i just go back to where we were after 10 games when he came in i was giving you positive stat after positive stat this is a record-breaking run it was the best start to a manager's career at the football club after i think 12 games after i think 15 games do you know what i mean it was it was statistically amazing his start but it's but i want people to know that it's been so bad since pretty much you know that that run went over that it's completely evened out it's now a typical shrewsbury manager points per game record with the big asterisks. So there's no way we could say he's outperforming anyone anymore. It's proper level with everybody, which is which is staggering. I do find it very surprising. It is, it's, it's, I just can't believe it. I can't believe that we've played <laughs> over six hours of football this season yeah. and not scored a goal. Like, just put that, just think about that for a second. Six hours of professional mm. footballers playing football and we haven't scored a goal. And no <laughs> wonder, like, opposition fans um, are ground and on social media are just kind of a bit baffled and just laughing at us mm-hmm. because we're that shocking. And you're right, it, Glenn, it has some ramifications. You know, we've got a good friend of ours, Chris, took his son to the game on Saturday. He's <laughs> a young sweet. lad. Oh, bless. <laughs> yeah, poor kid. Um, you've got, you know, and, you know, we've had COVID, you know, people have got, people have, you know, weekends are precious and yes, you support your football team and all that kind of stuff. But you know, if you're not as passionate about Shrewsbury Town as us, why not go and do something else? Because what we're serving, if you're not even going to score a goal, like you know, if you've been to you know what was the last season, last thirteen home games, you haven't win, you haven't we haven't won a game in the league. No. no, you've got to start questioning your sanity at some point. When do you stop? <laughs> so the no, club no, needs no, to sort this out. Yeah, and, and well, yeah, exactly. I've gone on holiday. I've, I've, I've missed a couple of games already this season because you know you've got to you've got to put your life first. But yes, yeah, Cottrell can't blame anyone but himself, and that's no, that's the no. thing that's different, isn't it? You know, before we talk about you know when Sam Ricketts came, when he first came, it's someone else's squad. Askey had you know situation, whatever. But the manager this summer went into the summer in control, fully in control of all the decisions, and he's made a lot of decisions as well. He should have probably focused on some things that maybe he shouldn't have been focusing on, like the kit. Mm. Um, and yeah, we're not in a good place. And you can get angry and upset with the media all he likes. Tough. At the end of the day, we've got we've played four fucking games and we've got no points and we haven't scored a goal. No, no. We, I mean, we might get onto this Plymouth game in a minute, but there's there's a lot of things to see. You know, knocking around <laughs> saying he, he can't blame anyone but himself, but you know, would Sean Goss be starting every week if he was still at this football club and probably be one of our better players? Yeah, he probably would. You know. Would you know? Would he brought a David Davis back in an ideal world? You know that whole scenario was just bonkers, and you know he's in here being one of our only midfielders we've got really at points this season so far. And there's so many things and decisions that have gone on with pre-season the way it's. And come that's together, the thing, that... isn't it? That's why I meant from the Pompey game because I thought yeah. it was quite a nice little link. The Pompey game, the Pompey fans will leave thinking great atmosphere, we won the game, and they'll be happy. But the performance wasn't great, and they don't care about that. And that's what happens, isn't it? You lose games, you lose games, you lose games. And people, mm. people are inquisitive. They will look for explanations. So now people are thinking, well, we only played non-league teams. Oh, we haven't signed anyone. Now, we could be that we're in six months' time, Glenn. We're talking about that actually what what the manager did was actually the right thing to do. He waited, agree, he waited, yeah. he waited. He signed really good players. But right now, we don't know that. But we're still paying no. to go to games. You, Some people would have driven for hours to go to Pompey. Some yeah. people who live in Ipswich, some people who live in the Lakes, some people who live all across the Midlands, drive to these games and um, and maybe the manager's got a great strategy here maybe we're going to get a load of ex-championship players from other clubs and we're going to have a really strong team and then next season we can kick on but the fact remains it's we're in August and we haven't won a game yet and we've you know we've played one more game on Saturday and we've done 10% of the season 
<laughs> it's mad, though, isn't it? Yeah. And it's funny because he's almost taken away his own wiggle room, hasn't he, by starting so slowly? You know, we would have given this manager, and we will still give this manager a load of time. I'm convinced of that. You know, my reaction on Saturday was fans didn't really turn, you know, com- compared to where we would have been if this was Ricketts or something. But, um, you know, he's taken away his wiggle room of this, this strategy that he's gone for of waiting and waiting and waiting till the very end of the transfer window to bring in all the players he specifically w- really wants or... There are players he specifically wanted and there's been some sort of conflict and he couldn't get them at the club and there wasn't enough money or whatever's happened. There might, could be anything for all we know. But we, we will only find the proof of the pudding 10, 20 games down into the season, won't we? At the moment, we can say this start has been crap. But is it definitive to where we go? We won't know yet. But it certainly leaves us with more to do than it would have done if we'd have started well. And that's my concern. That's where I'm at at the moment. You can't write the season off yet, but I just wish we weren't leaving ourselves in such a big hole now already. No, and you're. we are suffering at the moment as well you know you're going to the games you're watching this football um yeah you're, you're watching it you're paying for it and you're having to watch this so it's not it's not ideal it's not ideal and unfortunately you know there's no one else to blame but ourselves um, no. in terms of no, in terms of the club but yeah i think we probably should get onto the Plymouth game glenn yeah we kind of did the post Plymouth stuff a bit early but i think it's fair to be yeah. honest with you i think it's right on everybody's minds isn't it you know but um yeah we can might as well go for this game i mean i was there ollie so you were away on holiday this week and i and i went to the game and um i wasn't overly enthused by the whole thing and, and a bit miffed when i left but um yeah just running through the team then i suppose ollie if you want to start off with that and we'll get into the game yeah so Maurice um, was in goal and bennett played right back this time and pennington <laughs> and, and pierre in central midfield nurse left back again and bloxham started um up t- on the on the Right wing, Vela mm-hmm. playing centre field. Leahy was the, the the guy that had the options. Maybe they do spin the bottle, Glenn. And it was like Leahy's turn to go in centre field. Um, better played um, left wing, and Crossbove and um, Odo played up front. So yeah, yeah, that I thought was Leahy team. Was shit, Holly. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's my yeah, main concern was... about that team. So yeah, that's why I was going to. Obviously, I've watched this game back um, as you would expect uh, to do the the pod. Uh, but yeah, what was your kind of view on him, England? So I saw him, you know, he seemed a bit, he didn't really seem in the, involved in the game too much. He passed the ball back a bit. But obviously watching it on the camera, I don't see the whole pitch and you don't see mm. his movement and his body language and stuff. Kind of, yeah, what was his overall performance like? I mean, he's another guy you can't really question the work rate and um, his body language. He seems positive, you know. I was I was staggered he didn't get subbed off, to be honest with you, late on. I was really surprised by that. But I think they keep him on because he's probably our best free kick taker. And obviously, late on, he hit the bar. But for me, God, if, if Lee, he's the answer to our problems in central midfielder, we have got way, way worse problems than I thought we had. Because he's never a central midfielder in a million years. I don't know if he's ever played there before. It didn't look like it, to be honest with you. I don't want to be too hard on the bloke because he's new to the football club. But I've been, compared to what I thought he was going to be like and the sort of performances we saw in pre-season where he stuck at left back and he played consistently at left back or left wing back and he looked good in pre-season although we didn't play anyone any good did we but um yeah since the league campaign started he's done nothing for me and I thought he was quite a a sort of nothing kind of midfielder really and that's not surprising it's not his natural position he wasn't trying to drive us forward he was worse than I would have ever said Norburn was in that position or Davis he was playing so just seemed like a complete waste of time but you know like we were talking about blocks on right wing it's needs must isn't it someone's got to play there because we haven't really got anything else I was surprised that Bennett wasn't there again and that Daniels didn't play right back again because he's been all right and that seemed like a better idea but yeah, he's trying to rotate it for whatever reason and make sure Lee he's always playing and and that's his choice. It didn't didn't work for me, Ollie, but there we go. Yes, I think as Bennett has come in as he used to play right wing um, for Blackburn Rovers, so we didn't really have a right back in the squad, um, which is obviously a bit of a bit, bit of a weakness if we're going to play four at the back. Bennett is not for me not a he does all right, but for me he's not a he's he's, he's more of an attacking player. I wouldn't want to say him play right back. I'd love to hear what he would have to say. Maybe he might say no, he's really comfortable there. Um, but obviously we can only go off what we see um, and what we hear about where he played before. So yeah, it's just it's just um, yeah, you just got you just you just got players fudged into different positions. Um, and a question for you, Glenn. So yeah, you can answer that. And then question for you. Like, how much do we miss Norburn at the moment? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's playing well in the Championship. So, obviously, we were always wrong on Norburn. And he was an absolute asset to the football club. And we, <laughs> we should have been higher on it. Better, better for him. I mean, yeah, we clearly miss him. I and mean, we've got our money for him. But, clearly, we don't want to spend that either. So, it's a bit of a, a bit of an odd one. Um, and, yeah, we, we miss someone to just be sitting in midfield. I mean, as much as I never thought he did all that much in games, watching Leahy try and play there that on Saturday made me think maybe we, we, we are going to miss him until we do find that replacement. And it's a bit criminal. We haven't and replaced him And that's the bad yet. thing, isn't I mean? it? It's been two we've weeks. Let him go. We've let him go. Weeks, a couple of weeks ago now, and we haven't. Yeah. Well, last week wasn't it? Um, but yeah, we've had a number of games since then, and we don't have a replacement. 
we brought the young lad in, didn't we? Who says he's box to box, but obviously he only came on in the second half. But yeah, it doesn't feel like we've replaced him with a, a senior player who's going to come in and hit the ground no. running. But there we go. Um, the only other thing I was really going to say on the selection is it felt like a bit of a knockback to the Gary Peters days because no, no matter how you cut it, we were playing a home game against a team that you know feels like we should have been able to give a, a good good account of ourselves against, and there were six defenders starting in the in the lineup. You know. Leahy and Ogbetter are defenders more more than anything, and Pierre Nurse, Pennington, and Bloxham uh, and Bennett. So you know it was no surprise we aren't scoring many goals when we're playing so many defensively minded players, I suppose. But um, there we go. Yeah, we just did, we we just again it was just the final third again. We're probably going to go repeating ourselves a little bit. Um, but I thought we started the game quite well, though. To be fair, um, so two minutes in, um, good overlap by Nurse across um, into the box, but cleared by Plymouth. Yeah, and then a few minutes later, um, Vedder gives the ball away. Good recovery run from Pennington, a corner from Plymouth, and a narrow escape. And then for me, then there's this final bit of football, Glenn, just to summarise. Um, we had a good attack from Shrewsbury. A t- a better um, shot was blocked. But for me, this is going to be two moments to kind of summarise the game. A blocked yeah. shot and a cross cleared by Plymouth or to no one. Yeah, no, it's pretty, pretty standard for this game. You know, we did have a lot more shots. In this game, I think we had 17 shots in the whole game and, and, you know, there was more of us trying to score, but, you know, only one shot on target in the whole game kind of tells its story. But, yeah, I think that was a pattern. Poor crosses. Um, Another pattern was something like, I think it was maybe, I don't know, I can't see it on the agenda. Oh, it was, I think it was about 20 minutes in where someone fed a really good ball into Cosgrove. I think it was, I think it might have been a doe. I'm not too sure. Played it straight into his feet. He, He had his defenders quite away from him on both sides. He had plenty of time plenty of space and all it took was one good touch and he was having a very good shot on target and no composure just lost that shot uh, lost that that lost the ball got tackled uh, and they went away and it was just things like that you know which we just mentioned in the last game composure you know if he takes a good touch he's creating a shot where he should definitely get a chance on target and things like that were just really frustrating to watch and you know just that, that was a moment that stood out to me in that first half Ollie from all the chances we had where I thought that was massive and, and really for a player that went for two million pounds two years ago it's pretty shocking to be honest with you he should be should be doing way better than that yeah you'd hope you'd, you'd obviously he needs to get up to speed um, but obviously we we haven't Too got right. time to wait for that. Um, so yeah, there was yeah, as she said, Glenn, eleven minutes in, he fired wide from a set piece of scramble. Um, we just we're just not getting those opportunities. They're just not going in the in the back of the net at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, Cosgrove um, fires uh, to take a shot, but it, it goes across the goal. I thought that was quite a decent opportunity. I thought it was Odo was on a one man mission on at one point mm. where he got the won the ball and, and fired at the keeper. Um, and then there's a bit that really really frustrated me, Glenn. So Ogbetta loses the ball and he doesn't try to track back. He try, he tries, but come on. Um, it was almost like that was the 95th minute of the game and he would already lose it. He doesn't work back hard enough. He tried hard enough with his pace. He would have put the, the player under pressure. And it was just that... There was, yeah, two things for me that summarised this whole half. And we've got, we've got loads of chances, but there's no point going through them all, Glenn. We no. had 11 shots. Their keeper made one save. The, the, yeah, like, exactly. Standard. You can talk about shots and all you want. At the end of the game, we'll, we'll come to it now. Just talk about it now. We had we had we had seventeen shots in the whole game. We had one on target. We had six mm. shots off target. Ten were blocked. Ten fucking shots were blocked. So there was one yeah, bit we, of play in the second half, Glenn, where we had four shots, and I'm not joking. They were maybe the player was thirty centimeters in front of them. And this goes yeah. back to exactly what we were talking about this season when we were playing 4-4-3 with Cummings on the right wing. It's apparently mm-hmm. supposed to be the new Salah of League One. It's stupid. Like, if, if a player is standing in front of you, you're not going to shoot the ball through him. Yeah, no. Exactly what my brother said on Saturday. He said, do you think at some point they'll realise in this game that they're not going to shoot on target if they just smash it into players from five yards away every day. So it just kept happening, didn't it? And it's just, you know, why not keep getting out wide? All right, the crosses weren't great, but it just a waste them shots. And it almost felt like we we're looking for a fluky deflection and, and it for it to go in. Funny you mentioned Cummins. He scored 10 goals since he left us, you know. I don't think we've scored 10 goals as a team since Cummins left us, have we? So I don't know. I'm not saying he was the answer, but it just shows you someone no. else has gone on but to it's start interesting scoring goals Plymouth, But Plymouth had no shots blocked. No. And it was just so frustrating. So we could... I, could, I don't think there's much point Glenn, going on through this whole game, to be honest, because... No. Yeah, we, we, let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about their goal. And for me, I will have I will defend the manager and the club here because this is just the kind of goal that just isn't falling for us. They have mm. a deflected cross. No one's covering the empty space. I think Leahy should have been there. And he fired home into the back of the net. And there was multiple times over that, particularly in the last two games, where those kind of opportunities presented themselves and we didn't score. 
you have to. I don't know what you thought, Glenn, watching this in real time, but I thought I thought hey. the first goal for them was lucky. I'm nothing if not an honest man. I completely missed this goal, Ollie. We were having a really in-depth okay. conversation about the man that walks up and down the front of the West Stand who looks for people doing betting fraud. I'd never seen him before. One of my mates was telling me about him because he'd been made aware that he exists. He's got like a. He yeah, looks I've like heard a hipster, about him basically. <laughs> yeah. So I was we watched, I was watching him and I'd, I'd never really been told about it before. And then I turned and looked at the right and oh, the ball's in the back of the net. So yeah, your description was probably as accurate as we're going to get on this one. Yeah, deflect, deflected for, and it was lucky for them to be honest. But then, yeah, what else happens then? Um, yeah, chances was, missed, chances wide. Yeah, chances missed, <laughs> crosses, 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 shit crosses, block shots. Um, yeah, um, and yeah, it was just it was just poor. We get to the final third, and we just look really poor. There's nothing else really to say. Second half started the same way, Glenn. Or better crosses to no one. It goes back to your point, your question on the, on the last game. What's the point of crossing if there's no one there? And it just feels like we're just, the players are almost, and it felt like, as we said this last season, it feels like the players are almost either following instruction or they're just doing something because they've been told. So it seems like we've just been told to shoot, 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 and cross, 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 cross. And that's what mm. the players are doing, and it's not leading to goals. No. I mean, to be honest with you, we could have been 2-0 down at half-time. Morosi made a really, really good save just for half-time, didn't he, as well? Which kind of proved the point that they didn't really attack us all that much. But when they did, they counted on us. And obviously, some of the goals they scored second no. half were like this. But they counted on us really, really efficiently. I thought the, the number nine for them was a really good player at this level. I'm not sure what his name was, but he gave our centre-backs a torrid time. Particularly Pierre, who was back to his slow and, and unfit best, I thought, in this game as the second half went on. He, he, he's worse in the second half, so I think, Pierre. If we had anyone else we could bring him on for, clearly Ebanks wasn't yeah. fit enough yet. Um, Hardy, he, he Hardy's was, he was the terrible. striker's name. Yeah, Hardy. He was he was quality. Um, but um, all I would say is just as a reflection of what the fans were like, really. In the first half, they were already chanting, "How much? How shit must you be? It's only one nil." Um, and then there was all sorts of chants in the second half. You know, we're effing shit, that sort of stuff. Um, you know, I don't think the fans were obviously as the goals went in in the second half. There, there was a lot so of that fans was really not very fans chanting that. I thought that was Plymouth yeah, yeah, fans yeah. chanting, no, you are They started shit. chanting it, and then we started chanting it back saying, we are. Yeah, that's, which was quite you know, surprising four games into the season, but probably very fair still, Ollie, because we were. Yeah, well, if you've been to the last, <laughs> if you've only been to the last 13 home games in the league, well, then yeah, you haven't yeah. seen the win, have you? Yeah, and then they got two more goals second half, didn't they? So, um, yeah, yeah. Just, just poor defending. So, yeah, driving down the middle. Again, middle of the pitch, we're just so soft in the middle. Um, drive forward, um, down the middle, Pennington falls over. Um, he bit, then there's a nice pass to the side. Um, and, yeah, shot into the ball, back of the net. It was too easy, pathetic defending. Um, and we've lost yeah. that, Glenn. That's one thing we were really strong last year. I know that Steve, yep. um, Steve Cottrell's mentioned that he said he, doesn't, you know, he wanted us to be... He doesn't think playing defensive counter-attacking football... Is how what's going to lead to us being successful? That's fair enough, but maybe it's what we need to do right now when we haven't got any central midfielders because we are just mm. we are soft. You know, every game we're talking about the Burton game, it was soft. We're talking about the Pompey goal, that was soft. The goals we conceded against Lincoln, that was soft. The the goals we scored against Morecambe were soft. We're just soft. Well, soft. I'd also say that goal was rubbish. We weren't just soft. We were very poor in defensively there. They picked us apart due to you know some static defending and, and just not reading the way the play was developing. I thought it was a poor goal. Bit of an embarrassing one to concede, to be honest with you. And their fans went yeah. mental on that. You know, I, They knew it was game over. There was no chance we were scoring two goals in that game. Yeah. And, um, it was at that point I looked at Twitter and I read one of the most funny things I thought on Saturday, um, which was from Matt Hobbs. And he said, how many teams play without either a winger or an attacking midfielder when they're playing at home in, in our league. And I can't imagine there's very many, Ollie, but we've been doing that for years now, haven't we? So I thought that was quite funny. But it was the only smile out of my face, Ollie. It got worse as went on, obviously. Bloxham was energetic, put, put a couple of half-decent crosses in, better than maybe against Portsmouth, I thought. But um, yeah, his, but his no desire, I think... Though. No, his desire was the only thing that stood out to fans in the West End. They did appreciate him flying in on one point. He got, I think he got booked, didn't he? But he, he liked to try and get down the wing, but that was the only thing anyone was getting that excited about um, and then yeah chance for Wally manager bulked straight yeah. away and brought, <laughs> brought him on with, a, with a, within about two minutes um, he came on and just farted around as usual didn't really affect the game too much um, and then yeah they got their third and it was sending everyone up for a corner I think it was or was it a free kick I can't remember and they were yeah. clinical they just broke on us Bennett was the last man back his legs aging just couldn't really do enough um, kind of got to the ball but then just couldn't keep hold of it from, from the big lad up front and yeah that was it. Just lifted over Morosi quite easily. He was having a shock. Yeah, since tidy he the finish, club, wasn't know? it? Yeah, really good. Really, really nice finish. And yeah, mm. good fair play to um, fair play to, to Plymouth and their fans. Yeah, very, a good following and a really long journey home. Um, <sighs> yeah. And yeah, they must have been absolutely delightful because yeah, and you could tell you could tell we were not a happy camp because Broom jumped over Morosi. 
he didn't really do anything wrong, did he? He just jumped over. No. Him. Yeah, maybe he's a little bit cheeky, but like, yeah, Broom seems like a bit of a, one of those one of those players that you seem to remember for for doing the wrong things. He was he's the guy that got put in the first half for for keeping the ball and, and messing around and wasting time. Um, but yeah, just it's not a good sign, isn't it, when your own players start reacting to stuff like that? Um, and then yeah, but then we had the chanting. Yeah, then we had this chanting bit, which I thought, funnily enough, Glenn was actually their fans. Um, and then, um, and then for me, this kind of summed up a bit of the second half. Long ball from Bennett, Pike was offside. Standard. Just not. Yeah, just not. It's like yeah, we we there's no need to go in there. And then I guess yeah, I guess maybe the only highlight then after that was um, obviously the substitution, where La Chabella came on and looked okay. But to be fair to him, he was playing in a quite a you know a franchise a, a team that basically had kind of. I don't know, lost their way and disenfranchised with what's going on at the moment. Yeah, and from 70 minutes on, he came on and had a bit of a run, but nothing really happened. We, we didn't make any impressions on, on, on Plymouth to get back in the game or even get one goal. I know we kind of did sort of have a bit of a charge of the cavalry at times to try and at least think, oh, you know, we're going to send fans home with at least one goal, but we just we couldn't, we just couldn't. There was a couple of half chances and a series of shit crosses again and just wasn't going to happen, to be honest with you. And um, yeah, rightly 3-0, we didn't deserve anything out of the game embarrassing game embarrassing start to the season we, we covered that beforehand and you can talk about how many shots and crosses we had it means F all if you're going to defend like that and you can't score um, so to me one shot on target is the stat I don't look at 17 shots I look at one shot on target it's pathetic it keeps happening to this football club whether we've had Askey Ricketts and now Cottrell as manager it's not good enough it's not good enough and, I'll, and it really gets on my bloody nerves but one day and that's why it's so frustrating <laughs> that you're talking about block shots like it's just it's just nine numbingly stupid <laughs> I, I don't know it's just I don't know mate it's just it's so mm. frustrating and you can't see us anything happening to this team at the moment but more defeats yeah it's sadly I do agree with you I mean I'm looking forward to Rochdale on Tuesday which we might, might get to quickly but maybe, maybe we'll yeah. wrap this up as soon as possible to be honest with you but you know they are a League 2 team we should be beating Rochdale at home for Christ's sake um, but you know the league games are not going to get any easier you know everybody can see us as a team they should be beating now and um, will we have anyone new in by Saturday I don't even know as it stands it, you know we've got another day to, you know today on Sunday well, no new signings who knows well you know what Rochdale did on the weekend Glenn what they scored three goals lucky bastards three goals <laughs> I think we score some goals in League Two, though. <laughs> I think I think we're good enough to score maybe, some goals. Maybe, maybe. So yeah, Rochdale are um, Rochdale are fifteenth in League Two. Um, they've got four points from four games, uh, but yeah, they beat Northampton three one on the weekend away from home. So that's a good result for them. And then other than that, we obviously then are playing um, Gillingham next Saturday, which yeah, that, <laughs> playing a Gillingham side uh, managed by that man is not um, kind of the kind of t- oh, the kind God. of game we probably need at the moment. <laughs> they, their Gillingham's last three result, um, last results so far this season are, um, they they lost one nil to Plymouth Argyle, um, they drew one all with AFC Wimbledon, and they beat Morecambe two one on Saturday. Mm. Um, so they're coming into into this into this game not on a, on a <sighs> great run of form, but at least they've actually scored some goals. Going breaking a record for bad starts of the season, it being. Steve Evans that does it will, will hurt me in a serious way, Holly. But um, let's hope yeah. it doesn't come to that. We didn't we didn't finish this game off just to, just yet. We're top threes really difficult to pick. I don't blame you. You've only picked Nurse as your man of the match, haven't you? Which is yeah, fair enough. I, I, I generally can't think of anyone that deserves the five points or the three points. No, I went for I went for Nurse as well. He was clearly our best player in the game. Really solid in terms of what he did. Um, you know, compared to everyone else, he was a shining light. I, I went for two uh, two more. I went for Morosi second because despite the fact he let three goals in. Maybe he was left to hang out to try by his defence, and he did make a couple of good saves to keep it below that. Particularly as the game went on when they counterattacked, so I give him a bit of credit and give him give him the five points in our in our in our competition. And I went for Bloxham third, and I put maybe. I mean that's incredibly generous, but I, I you know that's just a little bit of hometown love for a lad who was trying his hardest out of position and didn't didn't really stand out as as bad as anyone else in the team. So um, I'll give Bloxham third for now. Um, and then yeah, we had the press conference. Obviously, it was spiky, wasn't it, at the the, at the Portsmouth game, and everyone predicted that it might be similar again. Um, but it wasn't. He was a bit more reasonable until the very end, where I think Dunny asked him a question and said, you know, anything, he sort of led opened the door for some comment to the fans to maybe stop people getting too worried about things if we are doing it at the moment. And he didn't want to know that. He said, I think I've already answered that with my technical analysis, Stu. So a little bit spiky there, but not not too much. I thought it was more reasonable. But he did say at the start of it, it was never a three nil game, and I, I did have a little laugh to myself to say, no, Steve, it was. We, we lost three. Three nil, mate. You know, I think that is what actually factually happened. Um, and they could have had more. Um, all right, yeah, we could have scored, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, what yeah, I, about think, that, but... I think it's fair enough to say it. To <laughs> you know, I understand it's, no, it's, it's a it's a bad quote because it can be put on Twitter and you can just be laughed at, and that's fair yeah. enough. 
Um, but we had in this game we had we had seventeen <laughs> exactly shots. Um, we had one shot on target, which is obviously pathetic. They only had five shots, four on target, but they scored three goals. And at the end of the day, football's all about scoring goals, and um, you can have as many shots as you want. And as we said, I still can't believe it. Six hours, and we haven't scored a goal. And it just feels like we will we will never score a goal again. I know this sounds quite dramatic, but when you've when you've watched every single minute, and in some ways for me, I've watched some of it twice. We I just don't see us scoring a goal again. I just like yeah. yeah, we're playing Rochdale, and I was thinking, yeah, okay, we're playing League Two side, but do you see us getting a result against them? I don't. Ah, I, I could see us giving Rochdale a game and probably scoring goals against Rochdale. I, but I based do, on I these performances maybe... so far. Yeah, because it's a League Two team, and we we we, we should be better. I, I I can see it happening. I'm fairly we should be better. Glenn, but we should we should have yes. had more than a point, and we should have scored a goal by now. But we haven't. Yeah. I'm not confident about Gillingham. I'll be honest with you, but I'm more confident about playing a League Two team. I think that might be the way we do it. Having said that, he might change the team around because we haven't got many players. So who knows? It's difficult to predict. But I think yeah, getting a goal is going to be the first start of the season, isn't it? And um, that's that's where we are, isn't it? I suppose. And it's 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 so not going to get any easier. Then. Let's do your predictions, then we'll finish off with some salad news. Well, I'm I'm going to go for us to beat Rochdale two one tight game. They'll be up for it because it's you know a chance to get to the third round in a big team. So there's a lot riding on that game. Fair bit of money, I would imagine. Um, so not prize money, but potentially a, a big game against a, a team in a telly match, which would be handy at this moment in time. We could probably sign a player off that. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go for a, a tight win in, in a game that's it's pretty pretty competitive, and then I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for us to lose against Gillingham Molly, but I'm going to go for us to score for our first league goal. So two one in both games. Lose then win. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I agree with you on Gillingham. Um, I think I think we'll probably go to extra time and penalties against against Rochdale, but I think we'll probably win. Still have the pitch if we do and we win. No, yeah. no more pitch invasions. Although Ollie, you weren't there. There was people on the pitch again on Saturday when they scored their third Morons. goal. The, the guys in block nineteen all ran down the front, and a load of them jumped over the barrier. And like, has anyone learned their lesson from that pitch invasion the other day? And I'll be honest with you, don't have a bit of a rant here, but what are the club playing at? There's never enough stewards down there to stop people going on the pitch. There's not. There's just not. There's just. It's pathetic to be honest. Just with you. Need and to it, start it every season. Yeah, but they won't. Well, or they don't, or they never announce it. It. It's always like we'll have an investigation, and then oh, well, what happened to that investigation? Oh, nothing. There we go. No one. No one's been banned that I'm aware of from that pitch invasion the other week. And so yeah, it, it's it, to be honest with you, the club have encouraged people to keep doing it because no one. They know they're never going to get punished. And the police are not bothered. They're never in the stadium, are they, at that point? Stewards, there's never enough of them to actually escort anyone out. So, oh, there you go. I think maybe that's my angry side coming across here. But if they want to stop it, you could stop it straight away. And it seems odd that they never really nail it down as much as that. They don't that. seem but, to want to do yeah. anything at the moment, do they? They don't seem to want to sign no, players. No. We don't seem to want to stop stop morons. The shit kit was on sale on Saturday, Ollie. So that, that was something, eh? It's only 35 quid, so... <laughs> Cash in, lads. Um, there we go. I think the only other thing we were going to quickly talk about was, and you weren't aware of this on Saturday because you weren't there, but real one to keep an eye on, I suppose. And, it, you know, we're, we're quite good about not talking about rumours and being definitive on it, Ollie, um, because in reality, we don't know 100% what's going on with signings. And unless we do, maybe we've got to steer occasionally. And you will find on Twitter that we've had something come through from someone we know who works somewhere or you, you know, had a steer on, on bits and bobs over the years from people you know who work in your industry. Um, but there was a lot of rumours doing the rounds in the West Stand, and I don't know whether it was in the South Stand, about there being a change in ownership of the football club. And and I think we've been here many times before. Maybe this comes up once a season, so maybe we're just in, you know, that silly season. But I, I, I personally felt a little bit more like there was a bit more to it this time. Um, I'm not saying it's definitely happened. This is just a rumour. But I think it's just, you know, if something was to happen this week about our ownership, Ollie, what 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 questions would you want to know from anything the football club are going to come out and tell us about a change of ownership? What, what, what would you be looking to know straight away if something did happen this week? Well, you'd want to know, you want to know kind of the finances involved in the in the transfer, mm-hmm. in, like, who's who paid for what. Um, you know, you'd want to know who's, who's on the board now and what shares they have. Um, yeah. And yeah, you'd obviously want to know a little bit about. You'd want to hear an interview um, with not just the club's media, but the 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 the, 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 you know, the Shropshire Star and BBC as well about what the plans mm-hmm. are for this this new owner is going to take. Depending on who it is, if it's a local businessman who's got connections to the club, you're not going to get too yeah. worried. Um, but if it's someone you've never heard of before from. I don't know. I don't want to name a country, but you know we've been a lot of dodgy owners in the football league over the last few years. Mm-hmm. You can easily pick a few out of the hat. So yeah, for me there'd be a lot, of, a lot of questions. Um, and I think you know I don't. I wouldn't. I would certainly wouldn't give them the benefit of the doubt. Whoever takes over. Yep. 
I think so. I think it's an interesting one as you down at football club um, because we've obviously been running a certain way for a long period of time since 2007. You know, that self-sustaining model in, in a stadium we own where we can rent it out 20, 24-7, 360 days a year, make that extra money, sell a bit of land when we need to, although we will eventually run out of that. And that's our model, isn't it? We're not, you know, Roland Witchley's not putting hundreds of thousands of pounds into this football club every year or even every month. He's, he's just not. He's got that model. And that would be the interesting one to me is if a new owner came in or owners or whatever it is, consortium or a collection of different people or someone Roland's still involved for a wee you know I'd like to know what our strategy is going to be as a club and I think what I'd be asking for is uh, a supporters parliament meeting with a chance to meet who's our new owners and um, you know that, that that would be something I think would need to happen to be honest with you but just a rumour at this stage something a little bit behind it I think maybe for the first time in a long time but um, you know and Roland's not getting any younger we've talked about this on the podcast a few times haven't we where you know he is at some point going to have to move this football club on to someone um, so I guess Ollie it's keep an eye on it this week and see if anything happens and if it doesn't not a, not a, not a solid rumour is it but if it does then yeah it will be probably doing a lot of podcasts on that because the change of ownership at our football club will be quite uh, what's the word not, well historic but you know it will be big won't it It'd be pretty box office huge to, yeah, yeah be huge. exactly yeah. It'd be a huge utter. I just thought we needed a bit more uncertainty. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's you know when the football manager happens and you can't sign players because if there's a takeover of the club you have an embargo, don't you, on football manager? Maybe maybe yeah. that's what's been happening, Ollie. We had an embargo. I, I, that is just me joking. I do not know anything. But yeah, it's it's fascinating and um I don't know, maybe these rumours only ever come up when we're not doing very well, Ollie. That could be something that happens, but we'll we'll keep an eye on it and we'll we'll plug our sources, see if we can find out anything more solid for, for this week. And um yeah. Other than that, God, let's just get back to the winning ways, Ollie. That's all I want to say at the end of this one. I'm it's about time we got back to winning ways. And if it means beating a League Two team at home just to get the ball rolling, I'm alright with that this week. That would that would do me. Um and yeah, then look to push on in the league game. But yeah, sick of this now. Let's get this season started, please. I've had enough of it. Yeah, I think one just kind of maybe comment from for me is this is a tough task now, isn't it? In yes. some ways, it's a good job that Steve Cottrell is an experienced manager. But team turning this team around, four games, no points, no wins. It's a big task because the players' morale, you know, you can it can't be good. It can't no. be good. Um, we do need some players, obviously. So we're on the August the 22nd now. The transfer window um, ends in less than 10 days. So there needs to be a lot of business off the pitch, but a lot of work needs to go on at the training ground as well to try and turn this around. You know, it's still early in the season, Glenn, but this is a pretty terrible start. Yep. There's a hole to be dug out of, and it has to has to start this week, I think. I don't think we can let many more weeks go past. So, um, yeah, as we said last week, hopefully we're back, Ollie, to talk about more positive things. A win, <laughs> cup round. You know, we might have drawn Liverpool at home again in the next round, for all we know, and oh, things God, might be quite again. exciting again. <laughs> no, exactly. I'd rather play anyone with them. Um, but, yeah, you know, someone, someone we've not played for a while. But, yeah, who knows? We might be looking at at least a, a positive cup run, and that's something that I think the club would need, and a bit of money from the TV would certainly help the post-COVID finances. So that's what I'm hoping for this week, Ollie. A nice cup draw. A win and a cup draw. And then hopefully not getting smashed by Steve Evans. So um, yeah, we'll we'll be back next week, won't we? Yep, I'll be back. I'll be watching on Tuesday night, and I'll be back at the Meadow on Saturday, and hopefully we can do see something positive. <laughs> Okie dokie, we'll we try. All right, catch you next week, guys. Cheers, guys. <laughs>